Jeff, did you know uh, there are three movies in the Halloween franchise called Halloween? Of course there are. Uh, there are two movies called Halloween 2, uh, and that's the only crossovers, but that's still, that's a lot of movies with the same title in one franchise. It's a pain to have to remember what year movies come out to search them on the internet. It is frustrating. I I propose, I think I might have said this before, but I propose that it should be a legal requirement that you have to have a number in every franchise movie that you release. Uh, and that would include, so if you get, it's got to be Halloween 27, colon Halloween, then that's just legally what you have to do. And I don't care about reboots. I don't care about things that are related and unrelated. If, if it is from the same franchise, then it should legally have to have a number on yeah, it. Yeah, make, make researching and make looking things up and knowing what you're talking about a lot easier. It should be Marvel movie... 38, Doctor Strange Rides Again. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Keep it simple. Welcome to a very special, spooky in-between episode of 90 Schmaltz. Ooh. Where two 90s guys do a belly flop on the shows we grew up watching. From after school specials, TGI Friday, and Saturday morning cartoons. We talk about nostalgia, bad acting, and why these shows were radical. And this time around, in the in-betweens, we do movies. Anything you might have caught on television or your parents would have put in the VCR, we're talking about it, maybe. We sure do. Or in this case, uh, maybe you'd never actually watch this one again, but you know the franchise it comes from. Yeah, you definitely do, because we're doing Halloween for Halloween. Halloween, 1978, not Halloween 2007 or Halloween 2018. 1978. 44 years ago. Uh, If you like what you hear, uh, please give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, It really helps us out. You can drop us a line at 90schmaltz at gmail.com. And was there another thing I was supposed to say? Uh, 90schmaltz.cool is our website. That's it. Yeah, we got the dot cool. We should really do some website work. Uh, yeah, um, we definitely should. I want to. I, I have more intentions there than I've been living up to. But in my defense, uh, let's let's just talk about what's been going on in our lives. Uh, I've been sick for two weeks again. We are just killing yeah. it for that. Yeah, but uh, my voice does sound pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's uh, so, so velvety. Thank you. I meant to look up the the love speech from the Gargoyles episode to see if I could access any of that but that's <laughs> i don't know if we'll, we'll ever be on that that level yeah keith david is out of our league i'll be i'll be uh pausing occasionally i'll try to mute the mic for when i uh uh have to call inevitably yeah that inhaler will wear off eventually yeah mostly good i got an inhaler and that seems to be working so uh there's a bad flu into some bronchitis a real bad time overall yeah i'm glad you're feeling better yeah, hopefully, if I get sick again, I'm gonna be so mad. This is this is ridiculous. Yeah, well, I thought you'd do better with not living with the kids anymore. I know. Well, it happened right after I visited them, but they evidently were fine. But I do think it may have come from them. So. Oh yeah, their their immune system is better than yours is. Yeah, I can say the the sickest I ever got was the um, the one time in college when I went grocery shopping and a, a toddler sneezed literally in my face. Gross. 
when I went to go get eggs. It was great. And then a few days later, that was the end of that. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Halloween 1978, as we said, uh, which premiered on October 25th, 1978, with a full release on October 27th. Uh, Halloween tells the story of evil little Michael Myers, who kills his sister and then escapes from an insane asylum and kills a bunch of other young girls about the same age and then magically vanishes. He's got a type. Yeah, he definitely has a type. And he learned a lot of things in insane asylum school. Yeah, especially for a guy who was apparently just staring at the wall the whole time. He picked up he picked picked up a lot uh cutting phone lines and the electricity and car, what what he get he breaks into the car cuz she locked herself out and needed the keys. Uh it's best not to think too hard about the the details of some of this cuz it's a it's a tone poem. Uh horror movies are is they're not for the most part, they aren't designed to stand up to actual scrutiny because they're based on your weird basist feelings that don't have any basis in reality. I like that too. At the same time, as much as I'll give you know multiple scenes crap in any horror film, uh, it's good that in the moment it's scary, right? And then afterwards, you can break it down and be like, okay, yeah, that was the dumbest fucking thing. So I can sleep at night. Yeah. Uh, for one, man, the deadbolts on these houses. Oh yeah. It's like what you find on an, on an outdoor outhouse. Well, they didn't need them because nobody even locked or shut their door half the time. Yeah, that's true. Do we just want to go through our... Uh, yeah, we just do a little that little tiny bit of background that we normally do here, or at least start slowly building into this format, and then we'll talk about the movie. We should do the VHS first. Yeah, that's an old-ass VHS. That's good. Yeah. All right, we got VHSs, a very early VHS for this one. It's from... Uh, we got one from 1978. Which is exciting. You found the 1977 one as well, or is that 1997? That's 1997. Apologies. Uh, the 1978 one is great. I feel like I might have had a beta tape version of this that I bought from someone who had a bunch of uh, old rental places, just like this tape that, it, that you found on eBay is an old rental place. It is, yeah, from St. Louis, I believe. Tape, please rewind. Uh, released by Media. <clears throat> Media Entertainment. And then Anchor Bay released a 1997 edition as well, which. Definitely looks like they're... What year did Scream come out? Yeah. This cover has seen the movie Scream. <laughs> it looks like it's heavily influenced by the movie Scream. I mean, it does have has to have an outside influence. Like, they were like, hey, artist, we need a Halloween slasher cover, and we hope you've never seen the movie. Because it's just a pumpkin and a knife. I mean, that's a great picture, It's though. fantastic. But you think maybe That's the mask right. might have been better in the background or something like that? Well, it wasn't iconic yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. You're just making a spooky Halloween movie. On a black and unholy Halloween night years ago, little Michael Myers brutally slaughtered his sister in cold blood. But for the last 15 years, town residents have rested easy knowing he was safely locked away in a mental hospital. Until tonight! Tonight, Michael returns to the same quiet neighborhood to relive his grisly murder again and again. And again, for this is a night of evil. Tonight is Halloween. <laughs> what a fun scenario. It is. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you completely. Great. I like it when people agree with me. What else could you be watching? Yeah, uh, domestic box office. Oh, Jesus. Domestic box. Domestic box office. For fall 1978, you had about 10 options from what uh, Box Office Mojo provides. Uh, Halloween, Midnight Express, The Wiz, Death on the Nile, The Big Fix, 
Comes the Horsemen, Going South, Paradise Alley, Can Caravans, and Days of Heaven. So not a lot going on. Yeah, movies were different in the 70s. Oh, for sure. And this was, I mean, it was an event. They didn't put that many out, and you got to, they stayed in theaters longer, right? And so you got Star Wars the year before this, and then you got a small-scale horror movie, and that's all the movies that we get today now. So. Well, and you know what? It, Halloween was top gross for uh, domestic night, fall of 1978 at 47 million. The Wiz only got 21 million. And uh, Hercule Poirot only pulled in 14.5 million. Wow. Uh, the movie itself, produced by Compass International Pictures, which was run by Erwin Yablans and uh, Musapa Akkad. I'm sure I. Mustafa Akkad. Yeah, Mustafa. Apologies. I don't know how to pronounce things. This is the movie that basically put the Compass International uh, on like the map itself because everything that came after really wasn't that uh, big of a deal. But uh, Yablan and uh, Akkad, it's, uh, um, they sought out Carpenter to direct a film for them about a psychotic killer that stalked babysitters. Carpenter was like, sure, but I want full creative on this film. And then we got Halloween. So we get Michael Myers instead. They made a good, they did a good thing there. Absolutely. I mean, John Carpenter in this at this time well, yeah, directed by John Carpenter, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, and scored by John Carpenter. Special effects by Conrad Rothman. And the film stars Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, PJ Souls, and Nancy Keith. Um, Donald Pleasance, I think most people might not know the name, but if you look him up and you see his picture, you're going to know exactly who he is. He's good in this. This is where Jamie Lee gets her start, and then PJ Souls and Nancy Keith are 30-year-olds who play uh, 16-year-olds. <laughs> High school students. Yeah. And then we got uh, some filming locations. Uh, filmed in South Pasadena in Southern California. South Pasadena High School, Garfield Elementary School, Sierra Madre Pioneer Cemetery. And you said the Myers house was abandoned at the time of filming, which is good because otherwise I would feel bad about filming someone who lived in a house that looked like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks very different now. They have a sign outside that says, please don't take pictures on the porch. Oh, yeah. uh, they had the actually the whole list. As I said when we were watching the movie, the that hedge scene, the hedge is still technically there, though I didn't pull that. But uh, apparently Crazy. South Pasadena is the go-to filming location in California when you want to film a small town. And it does not look like Illinois at all. California and the Midwest kind of have some uh, uh, disparities. Yeah, that's From what I understand uh, from the little bit of reading that I did for background that they just tossed a bunch of leaves around on the ground. Hey, it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, if you're not really looking closely, you get away with it. And it, since it's the 70s, or late 70s, you definitely um, can just kind of enjoy the ambiance. Yeah, you were asking while we were watching, the budget Budget is 325000 That's crazy. That's, that's a nice little return. <laughs> that's why people make horror movies. Yeah. Because I forget what, which one. I know Paranormal Activity was another one that had a ridiculous... Uh, or Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch was one. The original Paranormal Activity had a $15,000 budget, then got two hundred fifteen for post-production Jesus. and made $193 million. That's wild. So that's a good turnaround on your investment there, for sure. If only those films were better. That's why uh, you still get horror movies in theaters. Uh, you can green light 50 of them for the price of a normal movie. 
and if one of them is a reasonable hit, then you've made all your money all back. So it's a good place for actors to get their start, or actually these days where actors go to just have some fun. Apparently, now. All right, let's talk about Halloween. Let's talk about Halloween. I'm a big fan of John Carpenter, especially in the early time period. He made a lot of fun movies. Uh, we got They Live, The Thing. I like Prince of Darkness and Mouth of Madness. Donald Pleasant shows up in a couple more John Carpenter movies, I believe. I love The Thing. Not to go backwards here, but... Yeah. That might be my favorite Carpenter flick. It's good stuff. He generally made interesting movies until he didn't anymore. Uh, I don't know what happened. But if uh, if you're looking for more Halloween times, Mouth of Madness, uh, Prince of Darkness, and The Fog, and The Thing are all solid horror movies, so you could do a lot worse. Oh, you could definitely do worse. A Halloween, John Carpenter Halloween would be a fun time. Yeah. But so this movie, I've seen some of the later Halloween movies. I've never seen this one. You've seen this before? A long time ago. Or a long time ago, okay. Would have been high school uh, or late grade school. That was our big horror time with my friend group. Because I feel that a lot of these eternal fran- zombie-like horror franchises, specifically, uh, you almost never see the original movie get broadcast. It's always, like if something was on TV, it was like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. It was never Nightmare on Elm Street 1. And so I'm familiar with these characters, and I'm familiar with these movies. Uh, but in a lot of cases, I had to actually go and seek out and watch on my own the original. And every single time I've done it, it's been a good time. It turns out people like franchises like this for a reason. Yeah, because they're fun. Excuse me, go back to that first movie, and it turns out it's really good. Yeah, this was, I mean, preemptively, this was well put together. I have my gripes, but it's more of a retrospective gripe of to the standards that I have today, comparative to the standards that I would have had in 1978. It's like, the, I think TV Trips has a page called, like, The Simpsons Isn't Funny or Seinfeld Isn't Funny or something like that, and it's about how uh, if you watch something that was important and influential, uh, it will seem completely irrelevant and by the numbers because everyone's copied it to death, and you're so familiar with the things that it did that they seem uninteresting when it does them. Yeah, I saw that just recently. So I forget where I saw it. Somebody had something they were talking about. I was probably, like, on Reddit, like, on a popular opinions or something. Uh, Seinfeld's not funny, and you just kind of, like... Yes and no. Yeah. But it's it's hard to go back to some things. But this held up just fine. I had no problems with it. It's a very straightforward movie. Very straightforward. I I think my biggest gripe, and we talked about it during the film, is the how the suspense comes through, right? There's not really much of a build. And you're, you gave me the, you know, you don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. It's doing its own thing as far as pacing. And you're just so used to it in storytelling where there's like a build and a drop. Oh, and that there's going to be, uh, what, red herring scares. Yeah. Which is always going to be like uh, like, like opening up the, the cabinet and then uh, a spooky skeleton falls out. Only one place it happened and it was a sound effect. It was an early sound jump scare where all of a sudden it was just that, that weird noise, like whistle noise or whatever they did. Yeah. I forget where in the movie that was. It's one of the first times he shows up because he's always accompanied by a musical sting. Okay, yeah. Which is which is something that I think eventually got really silly in those Friday the Thirteenth movies. They had those oh yeah uh, sounds, and then eventually you just feel like yeah, I get it, he's there because you're making the noises. But I like the music in this; it it's effective. 
But the movie is pretty much just they they roll up to the uh, insane asylum, and he says, Donald Pleasant says, "There's no way we can let this guy out. He's stay here forever." Well, he's got to kill his sister first. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Because that's the where this thing happens. You're right at the very beginning when we watch them through the the screen, the screen in the window, and they run upstairs. He goes around to the back, grabs the knife, and by the time he comes forward, um, that guy's already done. So he was up there for I think like. A minute and forty-five seconds, or something like that. Yeah, this this movie has a a, a very pessimistic view of of the stamina of high school men. <laughs> uh, it's probably not wrong though, because the other one finishes in like a minute. Too, yeah, I don't so. even think his was a minute. I mean, we come in when they're in the middle of it, so maybe we don't know how long that one took. But and I like the 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 walk through the house um, of the, yeah. the kid. That's a good and very well filmed scene. Uh, even with the mask. Because he's wearing a clown mask when he does. Right. Which is why he always has to wear the mask, right? That's got to be where that comes from. When you see his face for a minute, it's kind of fucked up. So not not Jason Voorhees level messed up. but. And they don't... I kind of... I guess it's 1978. It's not the 80s, right? Where they just decided to buy uh, fake blood in bulk and just throw it at things. You know, it's not Evil Dead. <laughs> it's very restrained with its blood... Very yes. restrained. Like, there's barely... I think in the very beginning... There's very little. When he comes out and he stands there and the parents look at him, that's the really the only time that you can visibly notice that it looks like there's blood on the knife. The rest of the times, it's just like they they use the same knife but never added any wet blood to it. It's just yeah. like red, sort of. But so after that, most of the, the movie is just... They pull up to the mental asylum and then he escapes in a car. And then... He says, I know, and he goes to the town, he says, I know he's going to kill again, and then he does. You must be ready for him. If you don't, it's your funeral. It's like, the, the murder man is here, and he's going to kill again, and then that's what happens. That's the whole movie. And nobody wants to believe it. And then we meet, you know, we meet Laurie Strode and see her go through her, her high school issues. There's enough going on that you like, I, it's like, you don't particularly like her friends, but you, you get a sense of who they are. You do get a sense of who they are. Linda and uh, Annie. Are you eating pretzels? Oh, you can hear me? I'm not. What are you eating? Almonds with, like, chocolate on them. Almonds. Mmm, chocolate almonds are good. But it's pretty... You, he He's stalking her for pretty much the entire time. Uh, and eventually you start seeing him. He's in a lot of shots, and it's usually... Like, if it weren't for the music, you would miss him. And I like that. That he's just kind of in the background, like outside of a window, and then when it pans back, he's gone. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the way he's put into the scenes and the general cinematography is, uh, it's just great. I mean, John Carpenter definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to that. Yeah, well shot, good soundtrack. I love John John Carpenter's weird synth soundtrack. Well, it's like when he uh, the the doctor comes to town and it's the um, the pickup truck, and the way it cuts through with the train coming through, just a well thought out scene. Um, the girls are only talk about the boys. Yeah, I mean, pretty much it's. But to be fair, I mean, the school dance is happening, so right, and it's Halloween, and they just want to get laid. And then the other two are are just are yeah uh, actively trying to get laid. So that seems to be what what animates them. The thirty year olds are pulling in the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of nudity, which I mean, I guess that works, right? Because they're older, and in a lot of these films, they might have used younger girls for. Yeah, it helps it feel less creepy. It does, except for that one scene with the when Bob gets uh, talking about the little girl in the car or whatever. 
tear off Lindsay's clothes. Yeah. That's yeah. That was a weird scene. It's a joke in poor taste. For sure. You don't tell me you haven't made any jokes in poor taste in high school. Oh, all the time. I'm sure. I'm positive, actually. Are you all right over there with this constantly highlighting the? Oh yeah, I just—it's just how I do things. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I got—I got ADHD. I didn't take any medicine today. They also go to the graveyard. We got Arthur Mallet there. The... Yeah, because he stole the grave. Yeah, he stole his sister's grave. Whose grave is it? Oh, I know. Eighteen, nineteen. Judith Myers. He came home. Which leads to the best shot in the movie that's ruined on the one of the VHSs you sent me. It's just a, that shot in the in the bed is on the back of the, the case there. Oh yeah, it is. I didn't even notice that originally. Which is too bad, because that, that is, the things are happening, and they're kind of happening in a way that you're not really sure like what it's all building to. And then finally, after the two friends have been killed, and the guy, Lori goes over to the house to check on him. And that's where she finds her first friend on the bed with the sister's gravestone above her. And then he had to do a lot of work to, to get this all set up. He's the girl, the other girl in the closet. And then the guy, uh, I guess, did he hang him out, hang him in the, in the armoire? It was in the closet. I think he, it felt like he just hung his legs over like the, the, the bar in the closet. Yeah. I'm still just trying to figure that would, that'd be a difficult thing to, to set up by yourself with a, 180 pound human body, but he's a strong man. Clearly. I mean, he gets stabbed and shot and he still gets up and walks away at the end. It's the good understated horror ending of he gets, ends up getting shot up by Donald Pleasance. Mike Myers falls off the Michael Myers. Mike Myers is, uh, is Shrek. That'll do donkey. That'll do. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't, I gotta be careful here. Uh, so after he shoots Michael Myers and he falls off the patio, he turns around to check on Lauren. When he turns back, he's gone. Where'd he go? He went on to 27 more movies. <laughs> he, he had a few other uh, casting calls. He went to a movie, the franchise that never ends. Oh, man. This movie, I mean, to be, uh, you can, we can disagree if, if you feel that way, but would have been perfectly fine if they killed Michael at the end and his yeah. body actually stayed there. For money reasons, they would never do it. And then it's that's just a traditional horror sting. It's part of the genre. They do. I mean, he has to go rewrite history so he can be Laurie's sister. I mean, brother, anyway. Yeah. There's probably a term for, for what that is. But uh, Nightmare on Elm Street does it where he pops out of the door and pulls her through at the end. Friday the 13th has Jason jump out of the lake and pull her in. But then it didn't really happen in the sequels. It's always it's funny because always like the sequels always they always have that sting and then the sequels are like well the sting didn't really happen because it wouldn't make any sense <laughs> like well that's because of the but you know if they would pay these writers more yeah every Goosebumps book had one of those too to imply that it wasn't over or that there were still things to be afraid yeah uh, sometimes you know you wish I think even in Modern Harbor they do it on most of the things I was trying to think through what I've watched recently I tend to stay away from it it's not as good as it used to be. I'm fine with the, the way the movie ended, but you can have your opinion. I'll let you keep it. I mean, I'm fine with it. I just think it would be the exact same movie if they killed him. But imagine how much money, let's see what the Halloween franchise has grossed 
Well, they didn't know it was going to be that big of a deal at the time. Imagine how much money they would have left on the table. Well, if if it had been as successful as it was, they would have gone in and edited it for him to disappear again. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> or just made the next movie no matter what. Total worldwide gross of $838 million. These are not that impressive numbers. <laughs> but they make back their budget reliably. Well, I'm sure they've kept co- uh, Compass. Well, Compass is what? Uh... Trancast International Films or whatever it is. They've kept them in business considering that is pretty much 90% of the movies in modern day that they have produced. Modern movies have really uh, changed what a successful movie looks like. I mean, the last, the, the three recent ones of all, $250 million on a $10 million budget ain't bad. What about the one that came out this year? That's out now, right? Yeah, it's it's up to 64, but that's not. Mm. It's not done yet. It just came out to a week ago. Yeah, I think it was just last week. Looks like I guess like what's the what's the final thought here? I liked it. You should watch it. I I mean, you if you haven't seen it, it you should definitely watch it. Yeah, and you should uh, any large horror franchise that you haven't watched the first movie of do that instead of watching the 27th first. First go back and watch the original. You'll probably be pleased with it. Yeah, they. I mean, there's a reason that they continue to make a ton of how it grips at your nostalgia button. Um, but you can watch it on... Uh, everything's a subscription, but it's Halloween right now, which kind of makes sense. Fubo, Filio, Roku, Sling, Amazon Prime has the subscription. And then you can buy it from the normal places. Uh, Redbox has it streaming for free with ads right now. No, oh, neat. Uh, you know, I just found out that uh, Redbox is owned by, I think Chicken Soup for the Soul just bought Redbox. Oh, man, full circle on that. Isn't that strange? I don't understand it. I don't understand Chicken Soup for the Soul Enterprises. You are correct, by the way. Chicken Soup for the Soul is now the parent company of Redbox Entertainment. I don't remember why we were talking about it. Because oh, we, we were playing... Uh, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, the board game. And I guess we got around to just things, bad books that you found at your grandma's house. <laughs> so yeah, uh, my new feelings are that it's good. You should watch it. Um, we should still do our rating though, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm assuming there are, we didn't, we didn't look up toys. This is our low research one, but I know for a fact that there's going to be uh, there's got to be dozens of adult collectible Mike Myers toys. Oh yeah, for sure. Those, those kind you find it. Uh, I didn't. I have not been in an electronic section of a big box retailer in a long time. But boy, howdy, are there a lot of toys for adults with nostalgia? For toys, other than just like the generic Halloween things or Halloween costumes that you might get from Spirit or something like that, they've got you know Funko Pops or Neko adult ones, as you're talking about, like the really detailed ones. But yeah, the toys are out there. I mean, yeah. They're, they are what they are. All right, so do you want to give the first rating first? Uh, yes. I'll let you Actually, before we do our rating, we can give the numbers on the actual uh, internet ratings. I forgot that we did that previously. Uh, we do that at the beginning, and I forgot. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, the IMDb rating, which was out of 276,000 votes, was a 7.7. 7. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes rating was 96%, and I think that worked out to be like 81 was the number of uh, reviewer votes. 
and it gets an 89% for audience score out of 250,000 plus votes. It's kind of impressive. That sounds good. I mean, people must have liked it because they kept making them. People can't get enough of him. Yeah, for sure. People can't get enough of Shrek. <laughs> of Mike Meyer. Uh, what would you rate this out of 15? Oh, you want me to go first? You always go first. All right, I'll go first then. Uh, this is a 13. A 13. I'm going to... Oh, I rated Summer Rental as an 11, and this is better than Summer Rental. But I don't want to give it a 13, so I'm going to give it a 12. Point two five. Oh, great! So we're I'm going to be ridiculous about it. Now we're essentially operating on a hundred point schedule. <laughs> if you, uh, now that you've, oh no, sorry, just sixty. It's only sixty currently. If you get to point one two five, then I'll I'll have to intervene. Nastier than Wolf Bronski? No. No. Yeah, it's pretty clean. It's kind of hard to do that one for the. Oh, seven, some seventies movies will scare you straight uh, with how grody they are <laughs> all right so. maybe we'll get to that then i'll leave this nastier yeah. than wolf bronski in for sure i know we'll get there but yeah i think i feel like it's got to be like a 70s exploitation movie or something like that to sum it all up though go watch it yeah good movie uh and happy halloween beware <laughs> let's see if I, maybe i can get a laugh in <laughs> no i can't do the deep dark laugh mine just sounds like a weird clown <laughs> trick or treat i'm stopping okay that's fair domestic box office oh jesus domestic boss 